There is a way, and that way is forward together. This is the John Peacock Podcast. Welcome to Season 2. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is John Peacock, and I'm here with Brian Silver, who is a Christian therapist. And uh, this is something we call live at eight. For for a few of you, this is actually live. For most of you, it isn't live because you catch it later on YouTube or on the podcast at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. But uh, for some of you, this is live on Facebook uh, or uh, at WeAreMission.online. So welcome to you guys who are tuning in live. This is show. This is show number twenty six of season two. And man, we're, we're making our way. I think we've got just a few more weeks to wrap up season two. We're going to finish before Thanksgiving and that'll be a wrap on season two. Uh, so, um, Brian, how we doing, bro? Good to see you. Doing well. I haven't been outside, but, uh, as we were talking right before we, uh, we started up, man, it is, it is a beautiful looking day today. The, the Sunny, fall is here. It's probably a little brisk. Yeah. Colors are beautiful. Autumn. I love it. I, and I, I like where, you know, I'm not going to give away your, your address uh, on this show, but I love where you live. Um, and um, it's just such a cute little, little area of Bloomingdale. You're yeah. local here in the 10 and uh, there's some beautiful trees. Uh, I've got a couple of nice trees in my backyard. I was looking at earlier. I just, I love this time of year, man. It is, it is awesome. Um, and what we're doing uh, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, Brian has been so generous to give his time. This is uh, like a huge gift, Brian, that you've been giving to to mm. our friends uh, that that are part of Live at Eight, uh, in essence, free Christian therapy. And uh, so, thank you, man. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thanks to your wife, Nicole. I know this affects the whole family. Mm. <clears throat> so this is a big sacrifice, and I continue to hear from so many different people. Some folks that are part of our church, truly, a lot of folks that aren't part of our church that live out of state text me, call me, send emails in, please tell Brian, thank you for, uh, for how he's been helping me, uh, get unstuck in a, a very difficult season. So thank you, man. Really uh, appreciate it, man. My, my pleasure. It's, it's really an honor to, to just be able to walk with people. So, so thanks for inviting me in everyone. I really do appreciate it. Like I, it's, you know, it's no small thing to trust somebody to, to walk life with you. So, so thanks. Yeah. Well, last week we started talking about spiritual practices and I'm excited to continue that, that conversation. Last week we talked about solitude and silence and this week we're talking about Sabbath. So, uh, man, Sabbath, you know, like, is that something we should even still think about? I thought that was restricted and contained in the old Testament. Why even talk about this? So Brian Silver, you're on the hot seat, man. Talk to us about Sabbath as a spiritual practice. What do we got? Yeah. So, so Sabbath, this one took a little bit of work to me, work for me to boil down because this is a topic that is, um, is so huge. We, we make it this small, we make it tiny. Um, it's, it's huge. It's, it's one of the most central things to our faith, in fact, and I'll, I'll explain why. Uh, but uh, I tried to boil it down so that we're not, you know, just drinking from a fire hose here. There's just so much. We could talk for you know days and days on this, but I think we've got a good starting point here. So here's how I thought we would do it: is um, 
I'm going to introduce the Sabbath by, by starting with the Sabbath prayers that would be normally prayed. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll kind of enter in this 30 minutes that we have together. We'll enter the Sabbath together. Um, we'll start it with the opening of the Sabbath that would be traditional and we'll, we'll end it with the closing of the Sabbath. And you'll see that in the opening and the closing, uh, there are some, uh, some really critical details in understanding what the Sabbath is. So without further ado, I've got my candle pre-lit, so I didn't have any technical oh, look difficulties. Look at this! Yes! Right. Normally there would be two candles. There would be, there, there would be wine and there would be two loaves of bread. And you always have two loaves of bread because it represents uh, the manna that God would provide a double portion of in, in Egypt, which we've talked about before. So uh, let me, uh, I'll lead us in a couple of traditional prayers, and then uh, I'm going to invite us all to pray a Sabbath prayer together awesome. to get us started, okay? So, Baruch Atadonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Aker Kedesha, let me try it again, Baruch Atadonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedeshanu B'Mitzvotav Vitzivanu Lechadlik Ner Shel Shabbat, which means, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us by his commandments, and commanded us to light the lights of Shabbat. And then, Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, berei pri hagafen. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. So, those are the traditional prayers to open the Sabbath. Hmm. What's interesting is the, the second two prayers, the one about the, the bringing forth uh, uh, fruit from the earth and bread, um, these are the same prayers that Jesus prayed over the bread and wine at Passover during the first communion. Huh. I See, I, when you read those, I'm like, I think I remember you reading a similar thing when we did a Seder dinner together. That's right. That's right. Dude. So the, these huh. prayers are, are significant uh, wow. in, uh, in the Gospels. The, these prayers are... Are powerful. They they connect the dots between Jesus becoming the cup of redemption and the Passover. Um, yeah. it, it also connects the dots that that Jesus is becoming our Sabbath. Oh, so um, we'll we'll get to that. Um, in fact, yeah. you know, Jesus Jesus says he's wow. Lord of the Sabbath, right? Well, he 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 is our Sabbath. Let's let's talk about that. Um, wow. The Sabbath is intimately connected to our relationship with God and to God's salvation. Um, most of us think of the Sabbath more as, well, we know it's a day of rest, most of us. We know, okay, um, Chick-fil-A is closed. So that's <laughs> that's what Sabbath means, is that there are no Polynesian, No Polynesian sauce for one that, day. That's right. A couple of Christian <laughs> businesses closed their doors. Um, and... Um, you know, if, if I'm the type of person who likes to take a day off, don't bother me. Like I'm wearing my, I'm on vacation shirt. That's, that, right. that's what the Sabbath is to most people. The Sabbath is far more than this. Okay. There are three components to the Sabbath that we're going to talk about today. Okay. The Sabbath is fundamentally a relinquishing of control. It's mm -hmm. a surrender. Okay. The second piece, and we only get to this second piece if we embrace the first piece, if we embrace relinquishing control, that's how we get to the second piece. The second piece is rest mm. and rest and relaxation are not the same thing. Mm. Well, more to come on that. 
okay? The third thing that the Sabbath is, it is, it is a rehearsal. Okay. See, Jesus doesn't, doesn't just mean for us oh. to have rest one day a week and be isolated and on our own the rest of the week. We're meant to have the Sabbath infused into us, and the Sabbath day is a rehearsal. How do we take the Sabbath with us into the chaos of the week? Brian, I can already feel this is going to be a two-part show. I'm just letting you know. So at some right. point in, in 10 minutes when you feel like just this needs to be two parts. All right, keep going. This All is right. unbelievable. This okay. is so good. So with that Dude. said, I'm going to invite us to enter the Sabbath. I'm going to use a prayer that comes from a, a book called um, Common Prayer, A Liturgy for Ordinary Radicals. You familiar mm -hmm. with that one, John? Yeah, I am. Yep. Okay. Is it a little green book? Uh, it's actually, a, it, well, it might come in that form too. Uh, mine's okay. a big, heavy, hard copy, but. Okay. Maybe it's um, a different one. Cool. So we'll, um, we'll throw the, we'll throw the link in the, in the show notes. Uh, so people okay. can order it up. Um, so um, <clears throat> here's the prayer. Let's pray this together. Lord of creation, create in us a new rhythm of life composed of hours that sustain rather than stress of days that deliver rather than destroy, of time that tickles rather than tackles. Lord of liberation, by the rhythm of your truth, set us free from the bondage and baggage that breaks us, from the pharaohs and fellows who fail us, from the plans and pursuits that prey upon us. Lord of resurrection, may we be raised into the rhythm of your new life, dead to deceitful calendars, dead to fleeting friend requests, dead to the empty peace of our accomplishments. To our pactful planners, we bid peace. To our over-caffeinated consciences, we say cease. To our suffocating selves, Lord, grant release. Drowning in a sea of deadlines and death chimes, we rest in you, our lifeline. By your ever-restful grace, allow us to enter your Sabbath rest as your Sabbath rest enters into us. In the name of our creator, our liberator, our resurrection and life, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, why is Sabbath at the center of understanding and growing our relationship with God? If Sabbath is, in fact, a relinquishing of control, and, and we'll look at scripture that, that shows us this, then, then surrender is, is sort of what uh, it was initially broken in the garden. The idea of Sabbath is practicing God is God. We're not. And so in the garden, the serpent comes in and, and, and deceives and says, hey, what if you were your own God? Maybe, maybe it'd be better that way. And humanity buys this hook, line, and sinker. We, we embrace the idea that we can be our own God. We, we decide we're going to control our own destiny. And it, it breaks, it rifts the relationship that we have with God. Uh, and, and it removes us from the rest that we have 
in the relationship the way that it's designed to be. We're immediately toiling. We're immediately aware of our nakedness and, and concerned about it. We're, we're anxious. We're, we're overwhelmed immediately. Mm. Does that sound restful? No. <laughs> so Jesus corrects this when he, comes, uh, when he comes along and he says, look, the thief, think the serpent here, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? Well, so he's basically what he's saying is, I've come that you may have life. If you let God be God, if you, if you surrender, if you relinquish that control, you're going to rediscover that rest. And what you're going to have to do you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to turn. You're going to have to turn away from the ways that you're trying to control and be your own God. And you're going to have to turn toward me and surrender. He's inviting us into Sabbath. The first four commandments of the 10 commandments that Moses shares with us are about surrender to God. The last six are about how we interact with each other. But the first four, first one, you should have no other gods before me. Basically, God's God, no one else, including us. Second one, you shall not make yourselves an idol. As we've heard in the past, you can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and give something else authority. Third one, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. We, we, we need to treat God's name as important because if we're not, we're, we're treating it as if God is not God. And then the fourth one says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Here's our practice ground. This is our practice ground for the first three. How, how do we own that God is God and we are not wow. if we're not practicing relinquishing control? That's also going to set the tone for how our brains are able to let go of control when other people are wronging us, which guards against the, you know, the murder and the stealing and all of that right. stuff too, right? Right. So, so Sabbath is really, is really a central uh, practice ground that God gives us both to infuse us with life and to help us live as he designed us to live. Um. So um, I'll, I'll pause for a second because I can keep going. But uh, um, John, any, any thoughts so far that you want to jump in? Dude, on I'm, I, no, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm just, we're going to need to break this into some parts. That's all I'm sensing right now because okay. the, these are so important. Obviously, we're talking about part one, mainly of relinquishing control. Yep. And... I just want to make sure we don't skip step one because we're trying to hold all the content for step two and step three or part Absolutely. two and part, part three, but it's, you know, this is so good, dude. This is so good. And it's like, you know, I often wonder like, you know, why do oftentimes us as believers end up living lives that look no different than the world around us? Why do pastors sometimes live lives that truly aren't distinct, that uh, look no different than anyone else's life. And I just think we have, this isn't the this isn't the only thing, but let's be honest. We as a people have forgotten 
what God called us to remember. Hmm. We have. Yeah. And, and uh, I just, I just have, I've had this feeling since the summer when I read this book, free plug, best book I've read in 2020. I'm just like, you know, I talked to my wife. I just said, if we do anything this next ministry year, we're going to practice the Sabbath. I just, I felt so convicted about it. And I'm like, man, you know, here, here I am a pastor leading a whole lot of people along with Tommy and others, but I've forgotten what God has called me to remember. And it's cost me. Hmm. It's cost me. It's cost me in a lot of ways. One of the main ways is this life to the full that Jesus said is, is in him who is Sabbath. So yeah, that's just some of my reflection. Um, yeah, dude, this is, this is so important. So let's, all I'm saying is let's break this down into some bite, yeah. bite size. Yeah, I, uh, it may uh, be a three part. This may be a three part. I don't know. This is big. This is big. Okay. All right. Well, well, we won't, we won't overwhelm. So uh, let's, let's stick with this relinquishing control piece. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So here's, here's where, here, here's one of the places that God offers this clarity in Exodus 31. Now I, I'm, I'm going to quote the scripture exactly. I'm just going to kind of dot, dot, dot. I'm not going to do the whole thing. So, but here's, here's what he says. He says, you must observe my Sabbaths so you may know that I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that does not sound like the don't mess with me. I'm on vacation t-shirt. That is not the fundamental central <laughs> purpose of the Sabbath. And that is not the fundamental pathway to rest. That's right. But you must observe my Sabbath so that you may know that I am the Lord. That's, that's a pathway to rest, but rest comes in surrender. Hmm. I've, I've mentioned this before, and it's worth mentioning again. There's not a single fruit of the Spirit and not a single characteristic of love that can be embodied without surrender. So, so think about what that means. If, if you haven't bought this yet, if you haven't said, okay, yeah, surrender is a fundamental key component of rest, think about this. How, how do you experience joy if you're trying to control things? Hmm. There has to be some room for abandon. There has to be the freedom of letting go of something in order to really enjoy it. Um, uh, how can you be patient? Those of you who are frustrated with your boss or your kids or your spouse, or how can you be patient if you're trying to control? Mm. You can't. Patience is it's incongruent mm-hmm. with control. Yes. There has to be surrender. My, my son struggles with some pretty strong uh, attention issues. Um, the apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree. And um, uh, there are times when I will say, Levi, 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 Levi. And then in a, in a moment of impatience, ironically, because, you know, I know what this is. I go, Levi! And he looks at me like, but, but he, 
he's not intentionally ignoring me. And I know that if I just gently walked over to him and I put my hand on his shoulder mm. and I said, Levi, mm. that he would look up. But I'm frustrated that he hasn't responded the three or four or five times that I've said his name. And so I go into control mode. Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling any more restful at the end of that conversation. Whereas a moment of tender connection with my son, when in that patience, I relinquish control, I put my hand on his shoulder and I look in his eyes and I say, hey, bud, yes, daddy. And how many times do I get to hear yes, daddy, before he grows up mm. and doesn't say it that way anymore? Mm. That's a moment of rest for me. Wow. Love is patient. It's kind. Hmm. Kind while controlling? I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Right? Keeps no record of wrong. Oh, I, I got to keep tabs. Mm -hmm. I, I got to make sure that I'm... Yeah. You know, that's, that's controlling. That's not letting go. Keeping no record is actually a, a relinquishing, right? That's right. Yep. So... So this surrender piece is absolutely central. And, and God says in Exodus 31, you, you can't really understand that I'm God unless you embrace this, this, this idea of surrender because this is the relationship that you were designed for. In fact, all throughout the Old Testament, and we hear it again in the book of Revelation, we hear God say, um, here's the design, guys. You will be my people. Hmm. And I will be your God. Yeah. This, this is the design for the best version of you, the best lived life, the hmm. greatest source of rest you can get. Even if you are an unchurched person, you've probably heard Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. Right? What does Psalm 23 say? It says, you, you make me lie down in green pastures. You mm. lead me beside quiet waters. You restore my soul. Basically, it says, you are my Sabbath. It, it mm. says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You are my Sabbath. Mm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me and guide me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies and my cup overflows. Mm. Outside of God being God, that does not sound like a restful scenario. And given that most of us have encountered unrestful circumstances lately, if, if our only source of managing that unrest is control, we're going to choke ourselves out. Yeah. But, but God will lead us beside quiet waters, he'll restore our soul. This is why Sabbath is so central. Yes. <laughs> this relinquishing of control. Uh, I, I, once, uh, I once heard a rabbi give a message on Sabbath and he held up a pen and he said, the reason that we don't pick up a pen on the Sabbath is, is not out of legalism. It's not, you know, we're trying to, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, cross every T and dot every I or anything like that. It's, it's about not trying to control our world. We're mm. reminding ourselves that, that God is God and we are not. Mm. 
So um, let me give you a promise that, that, Jesus, that, that God gives in Isaiah. In fact, it's within a couple of chapters of uh, the verses in Isaiah that go back a thousand years before Jesus is born that, that talk about the coming of the Messiah and how he's going to restore things. In Isaiah 58, he says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my day, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. Mm. That sounds like rest. Yeah, I want that. Yeah. Yeah. We're so far off from this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sold relaxation mm-hmm. and escape and distraction as if it's rest. Wow. It, it, it will turn to ash in our mouths if that is the, wow. if that is the fundamental uh, lean that we're pushing into. Mm. Um, I just want to remind you of a passage that we talked about before and, um, and then maybe, um, for sake of not over content, um, we'll, we'll leave it at this, but in, in Exodus, the Israelites are wandering in the desert and And God provides manna for them. It appears like dew on the ground in the mornings. And he says, hey, when you gather, uh, when you gather this manna, this, this food that I'm providing for you, only gather what you need for the day. If you, if you keep more, if you try to control how much you have Mm -hmm. for tomorrow, guess what? It's going to, you're going to wake up the next morning and it's going to be all rotten and maggoty. And it's interesting, they do it anyway. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, um, six days you were to gather it. Um, uh, oh yeah, they, uh, they went out, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a part. Um, my apologies. So, he, but, but God says the day before the Sabbath, um, gather a double portion. That's what those two loaves of bread are for the, for the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, right? okay. Yep. Gather a double portion. I promise <clears throat> it won't go all rotten and maggoty on you the next day. Hmm. So, so trust me that if you, if you relinquish this day to me, if you practice surrender, that life isn't going to fall apart on you because you, hmm. you, you're not controlling things. And, and this, is what I, this is what I was getting at. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep the command, my commands and my instruction? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Mm. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. If we keep trying to control our life, we miss out on rest. Mm. 
And the things that we grab end up turning all rotten and maggoty in our hands. Mm. If we hand this stuff over to God, if we say, God, it's a mess right now. I can't handle it. I can't control it. I tried. It doesn't work. Can, can you please be God? God says, great. When you surrender, when you hand this stuff over to me, guess what? I give you things that don't spoil or fade. Yes. yes. This is who I am. Mm. You, can, you can trust this truth in me. So in, in the coming week, what I would encourage everybody and myself included, because as passionate as I am about this, I'm very much a work in progress on it. Um, maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. But um, your wife actually emailed me and said, hey, could you have Brian talk about Sabbath? Because <laughs> he needs some work. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. But here's, here's what I would say. Um, last week when we were talking about silence and solitude, I, I mentioned that we, um, if we want to bench 200 pounds, we don't just get on the bench and lay down and bench right. 200 pounds. Start with the bar. We start small. We start with the bar. Pick one thing this week before you, before you go back to the grind or whatever it is that you're going to be doing when you get done with this, this, uh, this podcast, um, write one thing down, one small thing that you know that you are currently controlling, that you're going to practice not controlling in the coming week. And as we meet up next week to continue this discussion on Sabbath, we'll actually get into um, what rest is um, and, and wondering how we, how we might explore that. So, bro, this is so good. Uh, I'm and this really needs to be a multi-part. So thank you for midway through adjusting for us, because I think for so many of us watching this whole Sabbath thing is, not only have we forgotten it, uh, but it, it we've forgotten it so much so that it is a totally foreign concept. And as you said at the outset of this, Sabbath is not a small thing. It is a central thing. And we're going to learn so much about Sabbath uh, in the coming weeks. We learned so much today around surrender and control. And man, this is why um, this is why God said, remember, <clears throat> right? Remember, remember, remember. And I'm excited to hear the stories in the coming weeks and months of how we, we learn about the Sabbath and we begin to practice the Sabbath. You've given us one small way to relinquish control. So important. That's all we have for today. Hey, if you would, sharing is caring. Let's get the word out. Wouldn't it be cool if Sabbath makes a comeback? I think it'd be pretty cool. We love you guys. We'll see you very soon. Have a great well-being Wednesday. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. For more content or to access the show notes, visit johnpeacock.com. Until next time. Keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions, give it all you've got, be resolute, and love without stopping.